I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. One of a kind for your people's delight. And for you suck MC, you just ain't right because you're biting all your life. You're cheating on your wife and walk around town like a hooker with a knife. God, that was amazing. Ha, 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 ha. And welcome to. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Black Outers Podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and we're in the house on a Tuesday afternoon, a yes, lazy sir. Tuesday. Um, for all the people out there that you know ain't grinding, but for everybody else, hardworking Tuesday, just like all the other ones. Um, we have a very special guest, man. First time on the show, but you guys might yeah. know. You guys might know him because you might watch, uh, you know, Guy Code or something. Like you might watch Wild Now. You might uh, be ready to watch on November the 6th, Guy Court, which is a spinoff of Guy Code. Um, you may have even seen this man do stand-up if you've been following the Freestyle Funny Comedy Tour. Um, you know, you might even, like, follow this man on Twitter already. I looked on his Twitter. He had, like, 8,000 followers. I was like, there's got to be some overlap here. Uh, it's my man Chico Bean. Um, what from Wild and Out. What's up, man? We appreciate you coming on to do the show. We do. Oh, no problem, man. It's just a pleasure, man. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. Now, the first thing I gotta ask, man, like, coming up, you got this, uh, you got this guy court. What, what exactly is guy court and what is your role on the show? Uh, well, guy court is, like you said, it's a spinoff of guy code and it's, uh, it's, it's a court show. You know, it's like, you know, in the vein of the court shows that you watch, uh, like Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown and all of those shows, but it's, it's, it's done in a way that, uh, you know, kind of makes it interesting for guys. You know, if, if you, if me and you are friends, Rod, and you decide you want to have sex with my girlfriend, instead of killing you, I can take you to gas court. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's actually like, smart. You know, which is, which is a whole, which is a much better decision in my opinion, but, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a court show. It's set up just like a court show. Donnell, uh, Rawlins is the host. And, um, I am one of the lawyers and, uh, the guy code cast also portray the lawyers and we either represent or, um, uh, prosecute people who have bro- been accused of breaking guy code. So if I brought you to court for having sex with my girlfriend, then either I would be your lawyer or I would be the person prosecuting you. And it's a real fun show. And at the end of the show, and anybody who loses, they have to be punished in guy court. Very, very fun show. Very interesting show. I'm very excited about it. And, I mean, you do far less prison time, you know. Yeah, uh, you compared do. To just, yeah, you do a whole lot less prison time for going to God court than you do. And you don't do no prison time in God court. You know, we just, you know, we might punish you, make you, you know, if you had sex with my girlfriend, we might make you, you know, uh, uh, you know, get butt naked and do the hammer dance in front of the crowd or something. <laughs> something real simple. It's embarrassing, but, you know. At least you ain't got to worry about your butthole being loose. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I, I'm I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna be interested in watching the sentencing on uh, Guy Court because you know I feel like a lot of stuff could be resolved. You know, in in the in the courtroom instead of just like you know throwing fisticuffs and risking jail time, man. Like if I could just get you to watch my car for like five weeks, we could probably yeah, call it even. <laughs> Definitely. Now, now, our, our punishments are, are not that lenient. That would be lenient. Then just mm. having to wash your car. We we do stuff to you that's you know that you'll never forget. You know what I mean? Like I said, <laughs> it's not a thing to but some of the stuff that we do in gas court is is like wow. I don't know how he's gonna be able to explain this to his mama when she watched this show because I know he's gonna tell her it's coming on. So I don't know how he's gonna be able to you know explain what happened. So that's why I'm so excited about the show because. 
you know, it's um, it's very, it's very fun, man. And, it's, and people are going to see it and think, I can't believe that they did that. It's going to be like one of those shock shows, man. So it's going to be a very, very good show to watch. So when people come on, like, how legit is their beef? Um, like, is this like, you know, I, I was going to slap this dude, but we we came on MTV. You know what, man? It was crazy to me because you know everybody. You know, when people watch TV, they everybody has assumptions about what they think is real and what they think is fake. And mm-hmm. even when you're doing it, sometimes you, you know, think that you're going into a situation that may be scripted or maybe set up, but this was 100% real. All Every last case was a real case. These were real people with real problems, real issues that submitted their cases to uh, MTV and they selected the cases, so it was definitely 100% real. Everybody who had a case was, you know, we had people who were roommates, we had guys who were friends, we had girls bring guys, we had guys bring girls. It was it was it was crazy, man. And with some of these scenarios, like you can't make this stuff up. Like it's amazing. Like some of the stuff that people were bringing each other in for, it was like you know, it was it's made for TV stuff. So that's why I think it's going to be a great show to see. Now, did you have to take it serious as a representative? Because if it's a legit beef. I feel like, you know, my prosecutor or my defense attorney better be taking this shit as serious as I am. Yes. Yeah, oh, yes, definitely. I took my cases 100% serious. Like, I, nigga, you could tell me I wasn't Johnny Coffin in the courtroom. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, for real, I did serious. Like, I'm trying to get you off. If it doesn't fit, you must quit. That whole, that whole mentality was my mentality because, you know, at, at the end of the day, Anything you're doing that's competitive, you want to win. Nobody wants to lose. Like, I don't care what it is you're doing. You know what I mean? I don't want you to be able to chew gum better than me if we competing at it. So, you know, in the, in the, in the courtroom, we were really competing. We, like, you couldn't tell us that we weren't real lawyers and that these people weren't really facing 20 years in the courtroom that we were representing. So we definitely took it serious. And that just made for the show being a whole lot better. We got a great cast. You know, you got Charlamagne the God, Lord Duval, Andrew Schultz, all the guys who got caught, you know, I mean, got cold. And, and um, you know, everybody had their own spin on how they would be a lawyer, which makes it so much fun, so much more fun to watch because you're not just, it's not like watching Judge Judy where you get the same personality every time. You're watching different people handle different situations and you get a variety of personalities and, and ways to deal with uh, these crazy scenarios. So, it's definitely, definitely going to be a good show to see. Did yeah. you did you ever get someone where you looked at them, you was like, I'm on the wrong side. I know you did this shit, but I'm going to no. represent you, you know anyway. I <laughs> no, I did not, because anybody that gave me, I was with it. I don't care what you did. <laughs> you did I don't care how horrible the offense was. If I was representing you, nigga, I got you. I don't care what you did. What you slapped your mama, but she deserves You should have brought to the Jordans when you asked for them. going to get you off. That was my, that was, I'm sure she did something, she didn't did something to deserve that WAP you gave, whatever, it don't matter what it was, I, so no, I didn't get any cases that I felt like, why did they give me this dude? No, definitely, I mean, you can't, you know, because I think that in the, in the comedic sense, for that scenario that they put us in as comedians, if you go in thinking, man, I don't, this is, I don't think this dude deserves to be whatever, then you, you're not going to be able to give your best. Mm. you know uh interpretation of why you feel like this person is innocent or guilty so i took every case like a real lawyer you know someone <laughs> you ever watch a court show and you think how could how could this person have like how could george zimmerman's lawyer mm. like be his lawyer like how could he put it in his mind that this is the right thing to do so whatever i decided to put myself in that mentality like a real lawyer it's all mm. about the money 
And, you know, no matter which, I can spin it. You know what I'm saying? So, no, definitely. I look at every case I got. Now, can you negotiate sentencing? Like, if you get convicted, then can you? No, no unfortunately. Can you get probation? Not. That was on Rollins. Donnell Rollins was the one who handed down the sentence in it. And okay. he was pretty, you know, he was uh, pretty stern when it came to doing so as well. So, no, nah, once you, if you lose, then you lost. There's nothing you can do. You uh, know, you get, your, your uh, client has to accept whatever punishment comes and you just have to, you know, look at them with the, with the, you know, like how dudes might look at a girl if they come too quick. It's like, I'm sorry, man. I just, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> you got to things like the, the distraught, like, I, you know, you want to go to Applebee's or something like just. You gotta get, you gotta make try to make them feel better. But if you lose, you lost, man. It's nothing you can do. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see this, man. I, I really am gonna be interested, man. I, I want to see like how the show develops too, because I think in 2013 everybody is a fan of these like courtroom procedural yes, TV they shows. Are. So That's, we we all feel like definitely. we could be lawyers, you know? I, like I know I can't be a lawyer, but. If you put me in a courtroom, I would think of some lawyer shit like oh yeah off the top of my head because I don't watch so many TV shows. So I feel like you know right. it's gonna be cool, right? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's for me that was the thing that made it so interesting to me is because you always watch like well, I know I do whenever I watch the court shows or I watch a trial on on the court network or court TV. I always think, man, why didn't they say this? Or why didn't he say this? So, you know what I mean? If you ever want to see something funny, like, go back and watch the OJ trial. Like, if you ever go and just go on YouTube and yeah. just watch the trial, it's mm-hmm. the funniest shit you ever seen in your life. Like, just seeing how they go back and forth and how creative that Johnny Cochran and the defense team was and how they were trying to counteract that. So, for me to be in a situation... Being a comedian and looking and finding, I find stuff funny every day that I know I'm not supposed to laugh at. So when they told us that we were taking the court show and making it into a comedic thing, I just, you know, it just made me feel great because it gives you the opportunity to actually go in. Like you said, you're not a lawyer and you probably couldn't be one, but I'm telling you, in God's court, you are whoever you want to be. <laughs> you are the greatest of all time. And in God's court, you can be whatever you want to be. So that's the beauty of it. Like it's something that, you know, it's something just like God told. You know, it's, yeah. it's the show itself is for guys to feel confident and feel like they can do whatever they want to do and live by these rules. And God court is the place where those rules are, are enforced. So whatever it is you believe in, you can have the confidence to be, you know, the best lawyer in the world. So I, it's, it's definitely like I, it's now I've never seen a show like it. It's never been anything like it. So I think it'll definitely be very interesting. Even though it is a court show and there are a million court shows, there's never been anything like this. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually get tired of just the regular court show. So, like, I'm actually game to watch this. This shit Me will too. be getting DVR, man. I'm gonna be watching this weekly, man. Um, let's talk about you a little bit, man. Um, you're you you've been on Wild and Out, man. Now it, you're on the new, like the the revamp version of Wild and Out. Yes, yes, the uh, new season, season five, where they brought it brought it back. Um, it was uh, formerly shot in L.A. And then, you know, when they brought it back, they brought it back to New York. You know, the Dallas had a more of a city vibe or more, you know, L.A. was more star-studded, you know, um, you know, just Hollywood. The New York version is more street, more gritty. And, um, you know, it, it, it's very interesting to see because they played, like now on MTV, they're playing our episodes versus the other ones. They're playing the older ones, too, like from 2006, six, seven. 
And um, it's just it's the same show, but it's a completely different type of vibe. Like if you watch the old ones and then you watch the new ones, they're both hilarious. But the new one just gives you a completely different feel. So if somebody never saw the ones that used to come on before it stopped coming on the air, you would you would never know that you know the show is following a blueprint of something that came before it. It seems like something that's brand new, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know that you know it's it's already been on unless you were to watch the old episodes. And I think that's why MTV is showing them just to show people that the show has a history. And and also to show how they revamped it and how it's different from when it was that it came on before. Now, how did you get on to something like that? Do you have like a background uh, in music or anything? Because like the no, show is no, very man, musical you know too. What? Like it's crazy, man. Um, how I you know ended up getting on the show. It was I was I live I live in I live in North Carolina, and you know I'm a stand up comedian. I've been a stand up comedian here for five years, and I've been doing this for five years. And um, I'm a young cat, but you know, I ended up coming up to New York um, and doing some stand-up with Nick Cannon on his Fresh Faces of Comedy show at Gotham Nightclub up in New York. And he really took a liking to my style and how I did what I did because when I got to the club, um, you know, I had a set that I was going to do and the guy who owned the club came up to me and was like, okay, no profanity, no vulgarity. And I just was like, God damn. So I had... <laughs> Like, I, everything that I planned on talk about, he told me. So, basically, he came up to me and said, that shit you got in your head, fuck it. You can't do it. So oh, man. I had to go outside, and I had to, you know, revamp and redo my entire set right then and there, you know. And because um, at that time, this was, you know, I was probably only two years in then. And, you know, I didn't have, you know, as a comedian, as a stand-up comedian, you know, you go minutes are everything. Uh, like, I get, you, you got a two-minute set, you got a four-minute set, ten minutes. And at that time, I only had, like, maybe 15 minutes that I knew was strong. And, you know, he told me that I couldn't do that. So I had to really get under the gun and go out and come up with a whole nother 10 minutes right then and there. And Nick walked in as I was doing it. And I'm sure he probably just thought I was some crazy dude standing outside talking to myself. But after I got off stage, he asked me, he was like, yo, was that you outside just coming up with that while you were standing outside? I was like, yeah, man. You know, and I really didn't know what he was about to say about it, but... He said, man, that's amazing. You know, I'm around some of the best cats in the game and they can't do what you just did. So, you know, um, you know, cause, you know, she working. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And, um, about two years later, while and I came back up and I went and auditioned, uh, he, he came down to Charlotte. I did the audition here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then they flew me up to New York. I did two auditions up there in front of the MTV, uh, executives and in front of the people that they were considering for the show. And, um, you know, I ended up making the show, man. So it was just like, a, and it was crazy because I found out I was getting laid off from my day job, like, at the end of November. The mm. first audition for Wild and Out was the first Monday in December. The next three Mondays, I was up in New York auditioning. I found out I got the show the last Wednesday of the month of December of last year. January 11th, I got laid off. And then that Monday, I flew out to shoot the show. Oh, wow. man. Yeah, that's a miracle when yeah. you don't miss that rent payment, dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a miracle because, you know, I mean, I still couldn't use the goddamn job. They ain't paying us a whole lot of money for MTV. It just made me feel good to not go from, you know, to go from getting laid off to be able to say, it was just easy to explain to my mama, like, mama, I'm really going to be on TV. You know what I mean? Just in case I got behind on my bills and shit, she ain't think I was being lazy. So it was a miracle in that regard. But, you know, you know, I definitely still, Definitely still, you know, um, want to continue to work. And that's why it's beautiful, you know, that, that everybody has taken a liking to the show and we broke all kind of records because 
Now I can, you know, look at that job and be like, fuck yeah, I ain't going to reapply like I thought I was going to have to if this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's also, it's, it's also got to be weird to like, if you ever did have to come back to work and be on TV at the same time, because it's like, all yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, that's, that'll be, yeah. And it's crazy now because, you know, I'm not at the stage of fame where people give a fuck yet. Like it's, it's just people see me and then they just stare at me. Like it's a crazy thing. Like, <laughs> If very few people get the courage to ask, like, yo, ain't you the dude from Wild and Out? Like, and that's the thing, I'm still the dude from Wild and Out. Like, people don't know your name yet. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy stage now, but I know if I ever went back to work, everybody would recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> You can't you can't get to no know altercations with your coworkers because you know that's the first thing they're gonna no, bring no, up. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Nigga think cause he on wild and now he can tell me how to ring up my groceries, man. You better get back over there with <laughs> exactly. me. Exactly, no way, no way. So yeah, I'm definitely glad that the show has been successful thus far. Well, I know uh, the the clip um, where it was you versus Carlos Miller uh, has been going yeah, around, man. man, and that that's one of the most hilarious things I've seen in a in a minute, dude. We we make jokes about that old school hip hop cadence all the time mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, so I, I was dying when I, when I saw the, uh, the Wild and Out clip, especially how you were rhyming some of the words with the same word. <laughs> but it, yeah, that was, the, that was, that was the, that was the point. Like for me, it's just like, you know, hip hop to me is something, it, it's, it's so entrenched in our culture. You know what I mean? It is, it is our culture, really. It's, you know, well, I'm just assuming y'all black. Damn, that's wrong. Yeah, shit. yeah, we black, uh, man. I, I said, I said, <laughs> okay, cool, I man. said, nigga, a few times, man. I would hope that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really our culture, and, and, and a lot of people forget. You know, a lot of people complain about the music now. Like you'll hear people say, you know, like I listen to Chief Keith. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because I think the shit is hilarious, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's just it's new. I like to stay abreast of what's new because. A lot of people act like that's just the worst thing in the world, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You really didn't understand what Boogie B and all of those dudes were saying back in the in in the '82 because they weren't making any sense. They were just saying whatever they saw. I mean, the hip hop said, and then the DJ Boogie. It's just it's just <laughs> like you know. For me, I go back to that because it, it, nothing is nothing is no. There's no such thing really as a new idea. Everything's been done before. Yeah. So for me, people have really seemed to forget about that style of rap and. Like, when I did my audition video for Wild and Out, like I said, you know, when I rap, I rap like the originators, the the creators, you know what I mean? Uh, all of the old school dudes, you know, Big Daddy Kane, Cool Mo D, Curtis Blow. Like, just because it's hilarious, like, to hear somebody it rap is. like that now, it's fucking hilarious. And nobody is doing it. Nobody was doing it. Nobody had ever done it on the show. So I just wanted that to be my thing. You know, I figured I had to have a thing that I did that people would remember me for. And I wanted that to be my thing, and it worked out because that clip of me and Carlos going back and forth is like the one that everybody comes up and like, yo, that was the funniest shit I ever seen. It and it is. really was off the top of the head. I was rapping like that the whole season, but he just said in the break, we're like, yo, let's battle like that, and we did it, and it just kind of took off. Yeah, it's dope, man. And then like, uh, I agree with you about rap too because a lot of people lament on the state of hip hop. I think it's just because people getting older. And they don't want to just admit that they kind of fell off of what's hot and what's new. Cause, yeah, uh, exactly. I remember I mean, growing you know, up, 
uh growing up dude I, the biggest thing when i was in college was no limit yes and like i fuck with no limit nah, nah, but nah. it was like two of them niggas that could rap so you know oh listen man listen man i was the hugest no limit fan i was a lot that well i wasn't in college i was a little boy but like yeah. i love no limit like you couldn't tell me that master p wouldn't really kill you like that was like <laughs> he was like a god to us like in my neighborhood and i'm from washington dc man i'm you know from the hood for real and, and that right there like we used to sit in the basement and sneak and listen to the master p cds and tapes like all day long like we never when ghetto d first came out the album master p album ghetto d like I really wanted to be a crack dealer. Like, this, like more than ever before in my life, I was really in school. Like, y'all don't teach how to cook crack in here. Like, this is not, you're not helping me. <laughs> I just got finished listening to Get O.D. And Master P said that I got to cook crack to be a millionaire. So it's just, it was, it's definitely like that. Was, it's crazy you say that. Like, that was my, and you're right. It was only two people that could rap. And Master P wasn't even one of them. No. He, he made all that money and couldn't rap for shit, but that's the thing. It, it, like, that's another person. Master P was famous for rhyming the same word with the same word. Oh, hell yeah, like, dog. Yeah, he would, say, he would use the same word three, four times in the same bar. Like, he'd be like, damn, Master P is a genius. Yeah, He's exactly. not the brain at all coming to this music. I never so seen, you be sitting up there like, I never seen anybody rhyme tank with tank three times in a row. Yeah, what? Like, tank, tank. Tank and tank, that nigga's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. So, I mean, that's that. That's where that came from, you know. It's just that that cadence, you know. what I mean, and, and that old school style of rap, like that's something that I will continue to do because it's funny and nobody raps it like is. that. But now I see it's trying to come back a little bit, and I it, it's kind of hard for me not to take credit for. Like I seen an Adidas commercial with Run DMC in it rapping like that. I'm like, see. They try to bring it back now. <laughs> they bring the old school rap back. So I definitely, um, I definitely love it though. I still listen to it to this day. I was just listening to Cool G Rap, a 1988 Cool G Rap album the other day. And it just motivated me to keep doing it because it's hilarious. Like the hit Cadence is the funniest <laughs> shit in the world. Yeah, it is. And the, th the thing about No Limit, at least Master P could stay on beat. Silk the Shopper was off beat the whole time. So it <laughs> threw you off beat, but everybody was like, he can rap. Silk the Shocker is autistic. I don't know if people know what autistic <laughs> Silk the Shocker was autistic. But that did, I mean, that's what I'm, that's, how could you not love No Limit? Like, No Limit would put an album out like Jordan come out. Like, they was yeah. coming out yes. every week. And then in the back of the book, they used to have all the albums that was getting ready to come out. Be like people like Skull Duggery and Mr. Serve on and, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Big booty key shit, don't matter who it was. <laughs> Whoever came out of No Limit, I was buying it. No, by, the, by I mean? the time they were about to go out of business, it was niggas coming out. It was just like Mr. Ed and shit. Like, yeah, oh, Mr. <laughs> Ed, man. Mr. Ed was the one of the See, Mr. Ed was one of the original ones. See, by that time, he's talking about a... Uh, Mean Green, yeah. them niggas, them, that they, was, they came around the time it was almost over. Yo, I mean Green. I, I worked and, in a... Uh, 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 what's the other dude's name? Uh, the, I can't think of the other dude's name. Uh, <laughs> it was a bunch of them towards the end. It was just like, yeah, Master P is just fine to do. I worked in a... Like, hey, man, come here and make this album for me. Uh, you're right i know that was that was the beauty of no limit is like you could tell how good somebody album was by how many photoshop diamonds they had on there yep 
Like if they had a whole exactly. lot of photoshopped diamonds, then you knew like it, they was getting worse and worse. The, yeah, the, exactly, the, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that the pen and pixel artwork. They had that. You know, this is about to be amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This is about to be amazing. There will be a lot of murdering and crack dealing on this album, and now I'm about to bump it right now. So uh, see, C- murder was the only rabbit that ever killed somebody, and nobody was surprised. Mm-mm. Like it was like, oh, yo, yeah. C-, yeah. C murder murdered yeah. somebody for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C murder, yeah. C murder really killed. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. That's that's nobody was surprised. <laughs> that's a good point. You know what I mean? I definitely wasn't surprised. I mean, I think like I don't think that was the first person he killed. Right. Support him for killing. So even, <laughs> even when even when Snoop got accused of murder, everybody was like, "Come on, man! You know Snoop ain't do that oh, shit." Man. Yeah. But see, no, no, not see murder. Right. See murder is like, hey, man. Did you? But see murder probably was would have been. A, they probably looked at see murder like, man, I'm surprised he only shot him twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the album? He pretty much admitted on track three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You um, know what I mean? That's I, now I did have another uh thing to ask you about, man. I saw on uh one of your stand up clips you were talking about you attended a HBCU, man. Which which one did you go to? I went to Winston Salem State University, man. Okay. Oh, cool. My brother went there too, man. And uh I don't know if you know my man Sport, man, uh, but he went there too. He's kinda big in Charlotte now, but uh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I know Sporty. Yeah, Sporty Yeah, that's my I know him. Yeah, dog grew up around the way, man, from me, uh, and all that. It's crazy now looking at these flies and he all ripped up and shit. I'll be like, man, I, mean, I used to like take you outside and like whoop you up a little bit. Now I'm scared to go down oh, your yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you're a big dude now. <laughs> yeah. Um now also, man, you you're touring right now, you're doing the uh freestyle funny comedy show. Uh, what exactly is that? And, uh, like, you know, where are all of y'all going? Uh, maybe people can catch you. Um, we, uh, the Freestyle Funny Comedy Show is a comedy show that consists of myself and three other dudes, uh, a guy named B-Dot. He does morning radio down here in North Carolina on 102 Jam. A guy named Osama Ben Drinking or Drinking. He also, uh, does 102, is a, is a 102 Jam's employee. He does the radio as well. And another gentleman named Darren Big Baby Brand who is, uh, you know, very, very big down here in this area. And uh, we uh, do an improv slash stand-up show, so we do interactive games with the crowd. We do improv, impromptu games, um, and also do stand-up in the show. And um, we are currently all over the place. We just got back from Buffalo. Um, next, we're in uh, Georgia at the, I can't think of the school in Georgia, but we're in Georgia on November the 6th. Then we're in Peoria, Illinois. Uh, two hours away from Chicago and two hours away from St. Louis for three days. And then we come back and then, um, we are here in North Carolina for a stretch and then we're back out again. So, you know, we definitely are moving around, man. And, um, it's, it's a great show. It's, it's like, it's unlike anything you ever seen before. You know, it's four black improv, four black guys performing improv, which is very rare. Yeah. You never really see that, you know, all black improv troops. So, you know, it's a um, it's a very interactive show as well. You know, it's very infectious. So when people see it, they love it. So you know, we just really, I'm really uh about getting that out there more and, and getting people more abreast of what it is we're doing as a unit, along with everything that I'm doing over at MTV and, and independently as well. Now, what do you like better, man? You like the stand up or the or the uh, improv? Uh, you know what? That's that's a crazy question. I just was talking to somebody about this. I would say stand up. 
because stand-up comedy is life, in, in, in my opinion. You know, like, that's all we talk about. Whoever your favorite comedian is, he's talking about things that he goes through, what he believes in, what happens to him, you know, how he views this life that we're living in. For me, it's, it's such a relief to be able to talk about all of the things that have happened in my life and that are happening in my life. So I would have to say stand-up is more, you know, I'm more leaning towards the stand-up and improv, but I love improv, too, because it gives me the ability to become someone else. Mm. Like, not too many people get a chance to become someone else in their job. Like, if you turn into another person while you're standing behind a register at Walmart, <laughs> they're going to lock you up. But, <laughs> you know, um, but, like, for, for me, you know, to be on stage and to be able to just, you know, convert into a, a Russian cab driver or to turn into an Italian, you know, or, or African, you know, that, that's something that I love, too, because it really allows you to explore yourself in a way that you don't really, you know, that most individuals will never be able to understand. Like, most people don't even know that they have that type of stuff in them. Mm-hmm. And that's what improv brings out of you. It brings out all of your personality that you may not ever tap into. So I love improv as well. But if I had to pick, I would probably go stand-up. Okay. Yeah, it's, it seems like it would be a different muscle, but kind of in the same vein. But, yeah, we we appreciate you for coming on, Chico. We do. Everybody, make sure you guys check out Guy Court uh, coming November the 6th. Uh, like check out his tour, man. <clears throat> it looks like uh, you know, they they might be coming to an area near you. We have a lot of people all over the place. Yeah, definitely, 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 man. Definitely stay on the lookout for us. Uh, you know, again, watch, you know, watch the guy court next month. You know, keep watching the reruns of Wild and Out. You know, make Nick Cannon rich and hopefully he'll put <laughs> some of that money down this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, definitely, man. I thank you guys. You know, Karen, you really didn't say much. You know, the whole interview. I don't know, you know, what type of misogynistic stuff Rod got. You got to speak up out here. We need to, we need to hear. I'm the, you know, Rod is cool, but I wanted to hear a sweet woman's voice throughout the day sometimes. Rod, did you, was you eating lunch or something? Why you so quiet the whole time? No, I was just letting Ryan interview you, you and it's one of those things where some, I just kind of just sit back and relax. And you reverse, because most, most people tell me I beat him since he don't work. Right. I was just about to say, uh, what you just witnessed was her putting my ass to work and sitting back reaping all the benefits and, and chilling oh, like a pimp. Okay, good, good, Karen. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I didn't even think about that. Ass. <laughs> she, she, really she, she, I just was making sure. Hey, Chico. He, you know, it was no situation where he had you over there like Tina Turner. You know, he was like, you know, I keep telling me, I keep. I just making sure it wasn't no situation like that. No, so, my 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 pimp is strong. My brother is real strong. <laughs> all right, all right, Chico, man. We got we got to have you back, man. When the um season gets started, no. man. Uh, we we enjoy talking to you, yes. man. Yes. Oh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate you, and, and you know, if if ever, man, you guys ever want me to come back on. Thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me, man. Yes, oh, sir. Oh, yeah. We get you back on again, sweetie. All right, man. Have a good okay, one, man. And uh, good luck at the show tonight in yes, Livingstone. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. Thank uh, you, man. You no doubt. Peace. Peace. Yeah, Karen sitting over here in the Cadillac at the corner talking about bringing my money back. Uh-huh. Motherfuckers think I'm being misogynistic. <laughs> Can't even. I'm like, oh, you going to ask a question? I'm like, keep getting it, bitch. I'm like, all right. <laughs> What no. you looking at me for? Work. Yeah, you did all this research. Answer the questions, nigga. Um, <laughs> this is the Blackout Tips podcast. And of course, you can find us at theblackouttips.com. Uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, all that stuff. Um, 
you should be able to leave comments on the black out tips now so yeah, if you we, would like to leave a comment it. on the episode uh still need guinea pigs to make sure but i'm pretty sure it works now um don't forget the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme mm-hmm. and uh we are sponsored we're sponsored by tweakedaudio.com go to tweakedaudio.com buy some headphones man get you some earbuds you listen to the podcast already right you probably was like uh tired of buying earbuds that break all the time that you know uh that, that they're expensive now buying new ones and or even or you do what i used to do i used to try to go cheap and then they would break even faster and yes. i had to buy even more next thing you know i'm spending a hundred dollars every year on just earbuds well how would you like some discreet quality earbuds that come with a lifetime guarantee and you get 33% off and you get free shipping if you go to tweakedaudio.com and you put in the code TBGWT, TBGWT to get your, uh, get your, get your discount on, man. Yes, sir. So, uh, do that. It helps us out. Um, <clears throat> we get a little cut every time you guys do that. And, uh, you get something that, uh, reminds you of us every time you put it in your ears. Uh, don't forget also leave us five star reviews on iTunes. We read every single one regardless of content yes sir so if you do have a problem with the way that karen is silent during the interview and makes me do all the work feel free to write in uh to the podcast and let us know by giving us a five-star review we will read it on the air no problem yes sir um all right uh we got a couple random thoughts and then we'll get into the show um you know i was thinking if you think about it karen all of us like especially as a masculist as a man that is about men's equal rights men's reproduction is never really considered sacred no but we're half of the reproductive equation without us there couldn't be any life on earth either but we always just worship the women all the time because they carry the babies but we carry the babies even before that babies we carry them in our balls man (laughs) like if you think about it all of us started from the scrotum and now we're here and that's the thing is it took it takes the egg and the sperm so half and half but the i think for a lot of people the problem is a lot of people in the gender that have balls mm-hmm. want to tell the eggs what to do and that's where the problem comes in mm, okay maybe that's maybe that's yes yeah, it like is. i can do whatever i want to do with my <laughs> sticking balls but you and them eggs over there i'm gonna tell you when you can cook when you can't cook and what you can do with them well, that was big news today about, uh, reproductive rights. Apparently, uh, the Supreme Court was, uh, like, Texas can't ban women from getting abortions. It's not. They, and they can't. Mm-hmm. And that, because it's a federal <laughs> law. This is not one of them shits they gave to the state. They made it a federal law. And something I don't understand, how come the states think that they can stick their middle fingers up at the government and be like, fuck you. We won't do what the fuck we want to do. But it's a federal law. Yeah. You can't override what the federal law says. Well, it's always funny too because they're, you know, whenever the judges don't agree with one part, um, it always becomes this whole, hey, um, we're, you're an activist judge. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't agree with what you decided. So judges, they do too much. And we're tired of this. We're tired of the Supreme Court handing down different things and telling people what to do. What's wrong with the Supreme Court? But it's, it's like, you know, job. what's wrong with these judges? 
but you know they that's what the third branch of the government is for is to mm-hmm. decide shit that you know people have a hard time deciding yep and you know roe v wade was already determined and all yep. these things are re- just challenges to roe v wade but yet a lot of republicans treat it like you know it's that like it's not the law yeah. yeah they treat it like it's optional and it's not optional what about and and the thing about it is this i'm if I am the person that does not agree, okay, but why do I think my opinion and why should, why do I think I can take my opinion about abortion and place it on you and dictate right. what do you do? Right. Well, it's, it's not just that. I mean, because honestly, it's been decided is what yes, I'm saying. It like, is it was already de- now, obviously you can challenge this as many times as you want, but yes, you I can. just don't think you should be surprised. And you shouldn't slander these judges when they strike down something that's already on the books as a law. Already. A federal judge struck down the Texas law requiring abortion doctors to be affiliated with local hospitals because that was the new tactic, the loophole that they were using. Yes. They're even using it in North Carolina, which gives me hope, man. Hopefully it gets struck down here too. Um, but what a, a lot of people that are opponents to abortion are trying to get people to have these, uh, doctors have to have this like affiliated, uh, local hospital like co- cosign or else they have to close and it was it effectively going to close down all uh like half of them yeah a lot of of these clinics yeah. throughout the state and clinics that do more than abortions by the and, way and but that's, and that's, it was going to close down many of these uh clinics in general yeah and that was the issue because the thing about it is that the people was like hey if you're going to do this you need to have a provision that gives doctors time to apply for this they was like all our doctors can do this but you have to give them time to apply and go through the paperwork and whatever it takes for them to get certified you can't be like well hey today it is tomorrow it ain't and all right shut this motherfucker down yeah u.s district judge lee yekel or yek yekel i don't know how you pronounce it in austin ruled that compulsory affiliation does not bear a rational relationship to the legitimate right of the state in preserving and promoting fetal life or woman's health so um basically saying that hey um that's not a reasonable requirement no it's not so you guys have to take that away and i'm striking it down now they're talking about maybe this will rise up to the supreme court um but you know i think with roe v wade on the books you're gonna have a hard time convincing the supreme court to uphold um the original you know the original proposition so you know i just thought that was interesting though because i think a lot of people um you know they they treat abortion like well this has been you know this is wrong therefore anyone who doesn't agree with me is on black xx side but uh the shit has already gone to court before it's already been it's already on the book so you know it seems like people are fighting a fight that should be over with already yes yes and it's and it's it's just one of them things where we know it's on the book but fuck it and i don't you can't do that Mm -hmm. um speaking of which an ex-congressman is going to jail in our home state karen for what former illinois u.s representative jesse jackson jr has entered a north carolina federal prison uh at least several days to begin serving his uh two two and a half year prison term for misusing campaign funds maybe that's what he was doing all those ipads apparently so the 48 year old chicago democrat was in federal custody as of tuesday morning as inmate number three two four five one dash zero one six. Damn, they even know his number. 
he declined to offer details including exactly when the son of the civil rights leader reverend jesse jackson had initially shown up to prison court documents are never clear about when he must report in her sentencing order written earlier this year u.s district judge amy berman jackson in washington said only that he would have to surrender the service uh of his sentence no earlier than november 1st 2013 um but not but by now announcing in advance when he report jackson avoided the crush of media that swirled around other prison brown illinois politicians yeah he was like i don't want to deal with that cause yeah, if I wait, cameras. yeah if i wait to the day of it's gonna be a big media fest i'd rather go under the radar i already be in there and everyone like, oh shit he in jail yep yeah uh did you know his wife sandy was given a year-long sentence for filing false tax returns wow yeah uh in a concession to their two schoolies school-aged children the judge allowed the jacksons to stagger their sentences so they don't have to both go to jail at the same time but that's crazy oh man. shit well, what's over one because when he go out she go in yeah jackson who pleaded guilty to well i guess she already went in and maybe it's his turn jackson who pleaded guilty in february to conspiring to spend seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in campaign funds on furs cigars celebrity memorabilia and other personal items reported to butner correctional center near raleigh north carolina wow you know what it does make you wonder though Mm -hmm. um what was that conversation like to decide who would go first that's a good like why don't you go first you're doing two years you're doing two and a half years well i'm only doing a year well why don't you get yours over with first it's the shortest one Nah, you should do two and a half years of prison first. And you tell me how it was. <laughs> you know, don't you want to go ahead and get an early start on it? Mm-mm. Uh, Jackson used campaign money to buy 53,000, wait, $43,350 gold plated men's Rolex watch and a 9,587 and 64, $9,587 and 64 on children's furniture kind of children furniture did he buy send them kids to jail too yeah <laughs> he got the race car bed to actually work oh yes according to court papers filed in the case his wife spent five thousand one hundred and fifty dollars on fur capes and parkas jackson has a parka uh i think a coat okay jackson asked to serve his time in alabama while his wife's attorney says she prefer a florida prison because there's no rules down there uh the u.s bureau of prisons decided where jackson is serving his term jackson who was once seen as a rising star in the democratic party in illinois represented his chicago area constituents in the house from 1995 until he resigned last november he stepped down in the following months out of speculation about his health and legal problems uh yeah he has like some mental health issues they were bringing up um which i mean it's one of those things too where if you do a crime and then you get sentenced and like you're found guilty and shit and then you start bringing up like hey you know i got like schizophrenia people are gonna be far more skeptical uh skeptical of that diagnosis even if it's right people are gonna be way less sympathetic because it's like oh so now that you did all these crimes you got mental issues yeah like i i I didn't realize all this was uh breathing out his neck during all this me either uh there's a california town that is suing one of my favorite companies karen the small california town of irwindale isn't composed of much besides rock quarries and six thousand five wait six hundred fifty five thousand dollars square foot hui fong foods factory Mm -hmm. where the trendy asian hot sauce 
sriracha is produced that's your jam ain't it that is my jam mm-hmm. and my jelly you might think Irwindale residents would be excited to have such a famous food stuff based in their neighborhood, but a new lawsuit suggests at least some of them are sick of the chili odor emanating from the plant and making them feel ill. Now oh, that would, must be strong. Yeah, that would be terrible. Come back in smelling like sushi. Ha <laughs> ha! Mm. Uh, smell like some good old fashioned roe and caviar right mm-hmm. although i'm sure the men in that town are eating a lot of fish if you know what i'm saying ladies up top <laughs> it's already preseason. the city oh, of Lord. <laughs> the, the city of irwindale filed suit in los angeles county superior court on monday claiming that the order was a public nuisance and asking a judge to stop production until the smell can be reduced given how long it's going on we had no choice but to institute this action um so yeah they they can't even make sriracha so we might be going on a sriracha i'm gonna have to stock up oh, Lord. i had to go to harris teeter as soon as this show was over and buy me like three cases no i can't be having i can't be running out oh yeah because you put that on everything it's i didn't realize how spicy it is mm-hmm. that's some spicy shit uh yeah i treat sriracha like when a black man get mad Oh, on everything i love yeah you definitely play that's what hot it goes sauce. on, on um, everything I love. residents say they suffer headaches sore throats and burning eyes due to the sriracha plant which began production in irwindale last year after moving operations to rosemead according i mean from rosemead according to the lawsuit irwindale officials met with hoi fong foods in order to try and find an out-of-court solution to the air pollution problem but they claim Hoi Fong eventually denied that there was an issue, saying his employees did not suffer the same bevy of health problems Irwindale citizens allege. So now their employees probably wear like those masks over their face and all that of shit. Course. But hey, we ain't worried about the people around the plant. Last week, courts reported that Hoi Fong now sells about 20 million bottles of his sriracha hot sauce per year and all without ever spending a single cent on advertising. That's amazing. You know what? That is true because I've never, ever seen a commercial or heard a commercial. But that's everybody's shit. And all I know is it's red in the bottle. And you guarantee you when you ask people, they got it. I don't even know if that is. I don't even know if there's another brand of Sriracha. I don't know. Man, oh, like I, I'm just thinking about it just now. I don't think I've ever seen another brand of Sriracha sauce. I've seen people like if certain companies bring like some um sauce from like the back or whatever that that i'll be like can i get some sriracha and they'll be like we'll be right back and they bring some sauce and i could tell it's not made by the same the company. company yeah they probably have like the in-house can kind if they yeah. don't want to pay for the sriracha. but i've never seen a bottle of any other sriracha sauce sitting out anywhere yeah like i don't know i don't even know if sriracha is a brand name or the name of the sauce that's how i thought it was the name of the sauce which is the brand that i thought that was the same i don't know but it's kind of oh. like how people say can you hand me a kleenex but everything's not kleenex no it's not you know what i'm saying oh but they just associate that name yeah, yeah. i'm gonna make me i'm gonna can you can you xerox a copy of this and it's like well xerox is the brand xerox isn't the actual <laughs> you know that's not a verb so yeah i'm starting to wonder now wow that's amazing yeah where, where the mouth can take you for i made them billions if that happens, expect anarchy in the streets as foodies everywhere will slit each other's throat with dainty cheese knives in the battle to hoard as much rooster sauce as possible. I know that's right. Yeah, we might have to go buy some up then. Don't leave your sauce around me, true player for real. Mm-hmm. 
um let's talk about some college football we never talk about it on the show here really about 20 old men's football players were included in a large group of audience members who harassed and openly disrespected student actors during a university of mississippi theater performance tuesday evening according to the school student newspaper Oh, the football players later apologized reportedly at the request of the old Miss athletic department. The UM theater department was showing the production of the Laramie project, which is based on the 199 murder murder of Matthew Shepard, an openly gay university of Wyoming student who was killed due to his sexual orientation from the daily Mississippian. According to the play direct plays director, the theater faculty member Rory, Rory Ledbetter, some audience members use derogatory slurs like fag and heckled both cast members and the characters that were portraying for the for their body types and sexual orientations. Ledbetter said the audience reactions included borderline hate speech. Now listen, why the fuck are these dudes gonna go see a play? Yeah, they must have been forced to. I mean, I mean, I'm not just finding their actions. Yeah, but I guarantee you. They was like, y'all got to do this shit for some community service or some bullshit. The football players were apparently attending the play because of a freshman level theater course requirement. Yes. Other than that, the motherfuckers would not have been there, which means these people would not have been harassed. Like the entire point of That's this play sad. That's sad. was proven because of these assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They they didn't have no business doing this. That They are absolutely positively wrong for this wow but it was requirement it was like if i'm gonna go and make the best out of but you don't be an asshole like that they're wrong one player delivered to the cast a note of apology on behalf of the group following the second act according to the report although the theater department chair renee pulliam said she wasn't sure the players truly understood what they were apologizing for no a university bias intervention response team was reportedly among the authorities looking into the incident um and 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 it's sad because like you say them doing that prove the point of the people having to do the play in the first place to prove to you that it really doesn't matter but y'all are so ignorant Mm -hmm. (laughs) that y'all came there and made these performers feel uncomfortable when they was just trying to do their art the football players were certainly not the only audience members that were being offensive last night Ledbetter said i believe that but they were definitely the ones who seemed to initiate others in the audience to say things too it seemed like they didn't know that they were representing the university when they were doing these things. They they did, they did, but that's one thing about uh football. We talk about football and football culture. I guarantee you a lot of these dudes at their high school levels was the jock, was the man and did the shit and was never called out for real, never corrected about their actions and shit like that. So they figure I can do what the fuck I want to do here and there's no repercussion to my actions. Yeah, plus sports culture is almost inherently homophobic anyway. Yes, it is. Um, Regardless of even if there are some dudes that play on a team that are that are gay. Yeah, I have some thoughts on that too. Like I, I think a lot of it is because uh, they feel pressed to almost express why they're gay like why they're not gay True. you know what i mean like what we do we why we shower with each other we slap each other on the ass at the good plays we tackle each other we're physical all the time uh we do everything together and then it's like this big rejection of like but i ain't no fag you know and i think almost in a way they feel like they have to prove yeah, themselves through ver- mundane bullshit like this versus just being comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. um and i think especially when it comes to 
uh, how can I say this? When it comes to being gay, a lot of men feel like their own sexuality is challenged mm-hmm. and every gay dude don't have taste and preferences and every gay dude wants to fuck you in your ass and all this shit and they just, I ain't gay, I ain't gay. Ain't nobody saying this, dog, but you're so goddamn paranoid that you begin to pick at people just to prove the point that you're not gay when ain't nobody worried about the shit but you. And you get in this like group setting and that group mentality where everybody gangs up and pushes each other mm-hmm. and you know it's almost like what happens when people talk about penn state and then all of a sudden every dude is like i would take a pedophile rip him clean in half eat his intestines fry him up with the rest throw him into uh-uh. the sun you're like come on man like is, can we just say it's disgusting and 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 not have to have the hyperbole well i think that kind of happens in a situation like this where these dudes are peer pressuring each other and they're creating like this negative ignorance. Mm-hmm. Like I know we also talk about like rape culture on the show, but I, yes. it's almost like ignorance culture around sports, specific, mm-hmm. especially football. Um, but it's almost like we willfully and purposely give these guys credit for being ignorant when we shouldn't. It's like, oh, no. and, it's, and, and it's not just them. I think a lot of people outside of the team, pressure and want these guys to represent a certain thing you want your guys to all believe in sweet baby white jesus uh or else you know you're you're ostracized you know uh during the games they you know even in the nfl they pray yeah you know what i mean so it's like a certain level of like you need to conform to these ideals we want these guys to play through injuries and stuff that that just is illogical we you know right now there's a huge discussion about how a guy gets hit in the knee. He's out of the seat. He's might be, he might be out of the league for a season or something to wait on his knee to heal. So guys are making an argument like, well, I liked it better when I was getting a concussion, even though with a concussion, guys are getting dementia at 35 and dying at 40 yes, and 45 and forgetting shit. Right. But people are way more, um, like we want the guys to be stupid. We like when, a guy like RG3 goes and plays with like his ligaments about to break in his knee. We, we give credit to that type of shit. It, and yeah. I feel like this is an extension of that like yeah, because stupid, stupid pick, mentality. Yes. And it's one of those things where uh, it shows your manhood and how tough you are. Cause a lot of sports, uh, especially football is how tough I am, how strong I am, how manly I am. You know, you're rewarded for going out there with broken bones and broken body parts and playing through it and roughing it out when a lot of times you're tearing and damaging your body, mm-hmm. like really, 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 really bad. And it's one of those things where people go, well, that's par for the course. Okay, I understand that. But at the same time, if somebody's, um, if so, especially in the NFL, if somebody's going to put their body through that, they need to be paid for it. Well, not, uh, you're getting sidetracked. That's not my point. Okay. My point is, it's, we know these things are stupid. Yes, we do now. We want these guys to be stupid. Oh, I feel a, like yeah, this okay, is a collective okay, okay, failure of okay, everybody around the program. From the fans yeah, to, to, the to the organization to, yeah. the, to the university and culture in general. And the thing about it is that the fans never want to admit that they are cheering for stupid people to get out there and run into each other. Yeah, they want them to be stupid because yes. they don't have to be. No. But if but if uh, I think if you smarten up a certain amount there's a realization that uh you start becoming self-aware yeah. not just aware of, of yourself but just also your actions and their effect on the world what you're worth how much you should be paid 
um how why why playing football is actually kind of stupid as far as um the sweat equity you put in versus what actually what a lot of players will get, get out, out of it well, especially those that don't go to the nfl and even yeah, some that do go to the nfl that's right and and, and it's and it's one of those things too where that they want most most people want you to stay in that stupid realm once you begin to get to the point where you say you begin to be enlightened you begin to be accountable responsible you begin to know your worth it's almost like the whole collective group turns on you. What do you mean you ain't stupid? What do you mean you smart? What do you mean, you know, you want to get paid? What do you, what do you mean? I don't understand this. Why don't you get over there and, and uh, and, uh, just run into each other and be stupid, boy? Right. I think that's what it gets to a lot, man. So, and I think stuff like this is an extension of it. Even the rape culture shit is an extension of this idea that these kids should be a certain type of person. And everything will be forgiven. Like the things that don't get forgiven by football about football players are the people that do stand out and sit outside the mold. And you know, I remember um there was a running back, oh, I can't remember his last name, it was Robert something, but he played for the Vikings and he like did he was like, you know, a good running back. He was like up in the top in yards, uh like uh per like yards per carry and yards for the total yards for the season. And he decided, yeah, I quit. I'm actually going to go be a doctor. And people were like, see, he quit on his teammates. He has no heart. He has no this. It's like, no, he was smart enough to know that the, and he, and he broke down logically. He's like, listen, the average running back's career is, uh, two and a half years. I've made it five years. I've gotten a certain contract. I'm not, you know, at this point, I'm probably risking getting injured. Uh, I'm not willing to do that. I have other options. I'm going to go do those things. And people were basically like, you're a coward. You're leaving your team. You're leaving your teammates. How can you do this? It's football. And I think what it is, a lot of people project themselves onto these players Mm -hmm. and the things that they want and desire and the things that they think are, you know, like if they had the authority to just take and do, these are the things they would do. And what they think they would do, mm-hmm, what yeah. they think they would do, and in this case, and what a lot of them would do, by the way, oh, like okay. I think a lot of I think a lot of the reason that people protect these football players is because they're like the gladiators of our time, and a lot of these people want to be like the loud homophobic dude at the theater. They want to be the guy who okay. just takes it from a chick if she don't say yes. They want to be the guy who uh goes out there gets everybody's attention and plays with a hurt shoulder and everybody loves him because he's a warrior they want to be this and then they enable this in these kids instead of teaching them right from wrong you know it's like football justifies football no and 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 that's not realistic and it's one of those things where what they fail to realize is that yeah gladiators guess what gladiators get fucked up and they don't you know they talk about you know the 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 on the field things but the off the field shit is some real shit too that's the part people don't want to sit back and see the injuries and all that shit you know like i said the concussions and stuff that go along with it long term that far outweighs for a lot of people i know for me personally far outweighs uh football itself yeah and uh cameron booker said it in the chat room it's robert smith yeah but uh yeah that's that's the thing man i think a lot of people anyway I, I know we got all meta on this shit, but I think stuff like this happens because people limit what football players are supposed to be as mm-hmm. social, as socially responsible people and, and as complete people. So you end up with 
a bunch of fucking football players calling people fags in a play about homophobia and and, and how people are killed behind homophobia and, the and you're running it. in here being ignorant yep um all right did you know speaking of being ignorant pebbles is suing tlc and say they still owe her money from 1992 you for real mm-hmm. <sighs> why why prove everybody right pebbles yes because you look like an ass it's like, I'm not trying to be funny. It's like, I didn't even see the movie, but it's one of those things where you look like an ass because the only reason why you're suing him is because this movie came out and you thought you looked bad. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't sue them. Uh, it's, she said, it says here, um, just cause she's not here doesn't mean she ain't got to pay what she owes. Everybody pays what they owe, as TLC said Pebbles to a VH1 correspondent late Wednesday evening. Um, I, be- I would believe she was talking about Left Eye. I honestly thought of her as a little sister, a little sister that owes me money from 1992, Pebbles said. Pebbles sat down f- with VH1 recently uh, to discuss her plans to sue the people behind Left Eye's estate and doesn't have plans to let up until she is paid, paid in full which is why the remaining members of TLC mentioned that they haven't been able to perform some of the past hits in a breakfast club interview due to holes on left eyes vocals. What are you serious? TLC just did the, that big movie. Hell they can pay said Pebble sarcastically about TLC's straight to TV movie, crazy, sexy, cool. That has the whole world talking about the female supergroup Once again, Pebbles assured VH1 it had nothing to do with the way she was negatively portrayed in the TLC movie, Crazy Sexy Cool, but claims it's just business. I, I, I don't, I don't believe that at all. And, 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 and like you said, it, it confirms it. It's one of those things where even if not, you know, I really believe that they got them fucked up contracts. I really believe that you, that you did the things that you did because you think it's cool to turn around and sue them. If there was any doubt, is there now no not in my mind like if you were on the fence like yo maybe they did portray her in a negative light and she probably wasn't as bad as and then it's like i'm suing them broke bitches it's like god damn pebbles i mean and my <laughs> my thing is this pebbles it was straight to tv they ain't ma- it didn't go to the film to the theaters it didn't make billions of dollars and you know it's it is not winning tonys and oscars okay it's one of those things where okay the only reason why is because you went on Twitter talking and people was like, um, bitch, what's wrong with you? You was like, well, I'm suing. Trying to get left eyes dead money, man. Come on. She's been dead for years. Crazy. Uh, speaking of which, people that are going to just uh, change the world. I know you needed to know this, Karen. Kim Kardashian is talking about taking Kanye West's last name. If they, when they get married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this breaking news? I mean, even Beyonce doesn't go, you know, by Jay-Z's last name, does she? I think she's on the Mrs. Carter tour. Oh, shit, you right. Mm-hmm. Mm, so she's not Beyonce knows no more. Mm-mm. Oh, well, see, it's another, just another thing Beyonce did first that Kim K is trying to keep up with. She better not go to that trashy ass wedding. <laughs> Am I right, Wendy Williams? Ah! Nah, but that, you know, I actually thought it was kind of cool, man. Um, because a lot of people, I mean, there's nothing wrong, but a lot of women, especially if they like Kim, who has like 
has their own establishment separate from their mate uh a lot of people were like keep their last name yeah they were like we married legally but i'm not taking your last name well, she's gonna be kim kardashian west and move her mi- middle name i mean her last name to her middle name okay which a lot of women do anyway yep but um yeah she's no hyphen she's gonna be kim west man but i'm sure people will call her kim kardashian west you know oh yes but uh yeah that's cool man i'm happy for both of them man mm, me too i know a lot of people rooting negative shit on them but uh i mean I don't really care, you know, like, okay, y'all happy? Good. I got sent this list. It was going around. PositivePressAgency.com was saying 27 things educated black people like. Let's see how many of them we fit, Karen. Okay. Fraternities and sororities. You know, educated black people love these, Karen. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with them, but not all educated black people are part of sororities and fraternities there are a lot of educated black people that are not associated with them well i'm not it number one is not for me number two neo soul uh for those of you who don't know what the genre is music is about neo soul is a music genre and an umbrella term for current soul music the music is usually a hybrid 1970s influence soul music and jazz funk hip-hop house music um i would say yes for that for me you know i I don't necessarily listen to a lot of the, to all of it. Like, no. it, it's just a, it's kind just, of the early start of it. I used to listen to like Jill Scott. I do Jill music, Scott. Music. Uh, Erica Erica Badu. Badu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I'm not really into Angie Stone. Um, mm-hmm. I never really was into Macy Gray, Alice Smith, Gopel. Is it Gopel or Gopel uh, A? I'm not sure. Know. A lot of them I hadn't really, honestly really sat down and listened to their music. Yeah, I wasn't into NDRE, Jazzy Fat Nasty. Nah, you know I like NDRE. I might not count for this. I might not even be into this. You know, it's certain, it's certain people, but like as a whole, a lot of it I don't listen to. Yeah, I don't actually have to say I, I'm not into Neil, so like mm-hmm. I thought I was. I didn't know there was that much of it out. I only listened to like two or three of those artists. Um, baked chicken. Educated oh, black so people love uneducated, baked chicken. Uh, so if you're uneducated, it's fried only? I guess so. Whoa, how do they count rotisserie? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't on the list. <laughs> but I like chicken, so yes for me. All right, baked chicken. So Karen has one. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of baked chicken. I'm taking a leave it with baked chicken, you know. If it's good, it's good. For number four, poetry slams. No, right. I'm not into these. And caught no, cause in, no. Uh, yeah, because most of them are not done well. I, um, even if they are done well, I'm not going to see one. You can tell me we had the best poetry slam in town. I wouldn't go see it. Now I've no. never no ever. I've never left my house to go to a poetry slam. When have you? Have I ever seen one? That's a even bigger question. Have you? No, I've seen them yeah. on Def Comedy Jam. That's the closest I'm going to yeah, get. Yeah, you talking about now like you used to go. You never went to <laughs> Def Comedy Jam. That's about the closest I get. <laughs> get on this microphone act like I don't know you. <laughs> I'm brand new. Thought you knew. Number six, townhomes. I mean, I've never had one. Did you just get one? What a, what a little kid. Oh, wait. Number five was advanced degrees. Uh, no, neither one of us into that. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Unless you're paying for it. Hell no. Once I got out of school, I was like, and, and the I'm dismount. Done. Yeah, and the dismount. Yeah, I'm done. Paying student loans. Fuck high education. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hopped off that shit like an Olympic uh, gymnast. I'm trying to tell you, landed with two feet. Uh, number six, townhomes. 
I've never had one, uh, but we lived in an apartment that was kind of shaped like a townhome. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say yes for me because I, I did like that apartment. Wait, actually, I didn't like that apartment as much as this one. I take it back. Yeah, then I'm up and down, uh, yeah. upstairs, downstairs. Up downstairs with whack. No, really whack. And, and uh, the thing about it, what they don't tell you, your ass get old, you easily miss steps and slide your ass all the way down. That shit was not fun. Yeah, that that didn't happen to me. Uh, it I don't happened know what to me. Talk about. I do. <laughs> yeah, that 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 might be a caring thing. Yes, it is. No. Barack Obama. Oh, now check me for this one. I do like me some Barack, so I will take that one. Mm-hmm. Number eight, talking about uneducated black people. Well, obviously I, that doesn't count for me. Me either. Yeah, I uh, talk about everybody, educated or uneducated. I don't give a damn. Number nine, first Fridays. What's so special about first uh, maybe just because we're married but first friday is apparently it's like when people go to parties and stuff uh Mm-mm, nah count me out then yeah i, I don't know Mm-mm. i don't go to those getting dressed up no don't count for me no i don't like getting dressed up actually i like dressing down I like being comfortable oh yeah jazz not for me no good grief we're, we're 12 in <laughs> weddings no no oprah Karen, I like Oprah. Karen loves her some Oprah, so that's three for Oprah. She's all right for me. I think she's not as good an interview as people think. Correcting others, number 14. Um, I'm not huge into that. I actually like when people, uh, do shit and, um, and I, and ask, and I like when they don't ask me for advice. And I don't like giving unsolicited advice to people that don't want it. So. Hey, ain't that truth. Uh, number 15, Facebook pre 2005. I, don't think I, I actually was. didn't get on Facebook until after 2005. Me either, so we don't qualify for that shit either. Howard University. <laughs> <laughs> How Now, why would all educated black people like Howard University? I didn't. I have no idea. Howard University is a lot of people, educated black people's mecca. I don't know. I went. They rejected me um, for a full scholarship. That was the last I thought about Howard. So, you know, I don't understand Puff Daddy went there and shit, and that's cool, but... We talked about me from a personal perspective. I was like, oh, I can't get in here. I got a free ride everywhere else. Bye, niggas. Spas, 17. I me. Okay, so that's four for care. Uh, number 18, mega churches. Mm-mm, too big. Yeah, I, I don't go to church at all. I don't like any churches, small or big. <laughs> Displaying photographs. Displaying mm. what the what does that got to do with education? Whenever someone visits the home or the office of an educated black person, they would notice that photographs are usually displayed. I, nope, no, nope, not me, not me. I, uh, even at my job, I don't got a single solitary photograph of me nowhere. I don't even think they'll know what you look like. The only reason why they know I'm married because my ring on my finger. Yeah, my at my uh desk, I had a picture of Meatwad and Shay, uh and Frylock. So, um, yeah, confuse, and that was it. I confused the hell out of them. They come my screen, my thing, because some people actually put the their family members on like the background, like the screen. Said, Mm-mm, you know what you're gonna get a specific Pacific Rim. You don't get a uh, uh, all kinds of cartoons and SpongeBob family. Nope. Uh, wine and cheese affairs. Now I do love some wine and cheese for scandal, but I would not go out to eat wine and cheese at anybody's event. 
No, a lot, a lot of people that do wine and cheese, they're very snobbish because I like the sweet wines and people that are like wine enthusiasts go, you know, they kind of almost turn their nose up at the fact that you don't drink the, that bitter shit. Mm-mm. I like my wine sweet. Hiding their drama. Educated black people have the same problems as uneducated black people or white people. However, educated black people take pride in hiding their drama from friends or coworkers. By allowing their drama to be brought into public light, educated black people appear nothing more than uneducated black people stereotypes portrayed by the media. That's, that's false. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe for some other people, but these are, that one doesn't apply to me. Maybe I'm not an educated black person. Yeah, I guess not. And that's hmm. false. People, drama follows everybody. I ain't got nothing to do with your damn degree passing the bar that's another one i can't i mean oh i don't want to attempt to pass the bar you can keep that bar over there away from me yeah deck shoes i'm not into that deck shoes deck shoes apparently are uh loafers i don't know man i've never worn any of these karen the deck shoe or boating shoe is very popular for the educated black person community so oh baby we outside the loop on all of this shit foreign cars i mean i have a foreign car but it's not oh it's not it's not expensive but you know we hondas and toyota folks over here yeah nissans so i don't know if uh my nissan counts but uh i'll I'll take it yeah see science or engineering degrees are not as simple sometimes these degrees can go for near luxury brands like lexus acura and infinity which eat, which are again are all Japanese imports that are made by Toyota, Hyundai, and Nissan respectively, but they cost a lot more. I don't know. I think it might not be counting the cars like the ones. Okay, we no, 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 no. What did what did not? Damn count us man, out. I'm only one we, of these. We ain't we ain't black and educated. Then I I only I need five. Twenty five gated communities. Well, our apartment now has a gate. I'm gonna count it so I can be a, a educated black person. Yeah, that gives you five. I got two now. Okay. <laughs> 26 naming their children well, well we're never no. having kids so yeah, i crossed that out the list sheer pantyhose and pattern tights no nope. now Damn, i man. do i know i do like uh pattern tights uh you don't have any i got some i just don't wear right yeah that now. yeah that doesn't count it, you're, you're doing that woman thing again where you like something that never ever ever happens <laughs> no, I, yeah i won't be wearing oh I, I love liver I like, do. I heard you on whiskey wine moon. I love liver. I, I Karen has never cooked liver. For, no, I don't in cook the, it. In the years that we I have been married, <laughs> we have been married eleven years. Now, listen, people, what do you love that you have not had for eleven years voluntarily? <laughs> you have access to I it. Had, you can easily make it for yourself. I'm not making it, but, but I you love won't it. do it. No, I but you I love need, it. Yeah. That ain't, that ain't love that ain't love i'm not wasting my time cooking it if you ain't gonna eat it so when you say what i don't i have to eat it if you love something you make it for yourself <laughs> no yeah Mm-mm. if you love something then you don't need somebody else to make it you you love you eat it for yourself you don't love it you're nah, lying. i do i just ain't gonna make yeah, it yeah well i hope it ain't the same way you i don't love. i don't know how to make it honestly i hope it ain't the same way you love me once every 11 years i don't want that kind once of once every blue moon you can keep that love <laughs> time for some games well baby we're not educated black then huh apparently not mm-hmm. um I, I didn't fit the stereotypes me either they must they must have been trying to pull off the white people like type thing and uh they just had to stretch it a little bit it's all good they were trying to be funny next uh here's next time for the games time for the games oh great here we go 
just fucking with them black people. Just fucking with them black. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. Time for fucking with black people, and the official holiday of fucking with black people is right upon us. Um, let's get right into it. There's no Halloween fucking with black people today, although there was another costume where it's a black girl in a slave costume with a noose around her neck. And she was at a party with white people, and the white people would hold the noose and take pictures with her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that was her 12 years of slave costume. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, here is uh, the first fuck with black people. One week later, a few answers, plenty of questions about the shooting of Bobby Bennett. Tonight, this surveillance video is prompting many to ask whether other Dallas police-involved shootings were justified. Good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight for News 8 at 6. I'm John McKay. And I'm Teresa Woodard in for Shelley Slater. Chief David Brown has not said anything more about last Monday's shooting since his initial statements. And there's been no comment about Bennett standing still when he was shot when officers said in an affidavit that he lunged aggressively. But tonight we are hearing from another Dallas man who says officers shot at him unjustly and the bullets barely missed. Channel 8's Rebecca Lopez is live with more. questions tonight about another Dallas police-involved shooting. In this case, officers fired a dozen rounds at a man who hadn't committed a crime. He says they shot him for no reason. Police say they feared for their lives. So uh, I get up here. David Blair says he was doing nothing but talking on his cell phone with his brother on the night of October 2nd when a police car with two patrol officers pulled up to him while he was standing outside his apartment. Uh, he uh, stops and shines a spotlight in my face. So I, I tell him, get that spotlight out of my face. He says he went back into his apartment with his girlfriend and three-year-old son. They were moving in, so he was going back and forth into the apartment. He says a few minutes later, he stepped out the front door again. I opened the door. And I step out like this right here, and one foot out. As soon as I step out, gun, the gunfire goes off. Two Dallas police officers fired at least a dozen rounds at him. You can Shit. still see the bullet holes. He says he feared for his little boy. Grab my son and uh, his mom, and we go back to the back room. Dallas police officers say they were in the area looking for prostitutes and Johns. They admit pointing a spotlight at Blair, but say he yelled at them that he was going to get a light, too. So they got out to investigate. They say Blair then blinded them with a flashlight, and they heard what sounded like a gunshot. They shot at him as they approached his apartment. Blair was eventually arrested for aggravated assault of a police officer. I tell him no, I ain't shot anybody. Police later determined he never fired a weapon and released him several hours later. Wow. But civil rights advocate the Reverend Ronald Wright says... That's not good enough. He wants a federal investigation. It yes. hurts me to sit here and think that this young kid could have been fatherless because two officers decided to take his life for no reason whatsoever. Blair says he is shaken up, thinking he might have been shot for doing nothing. In this shooting, one of the officers involved was reprimanded for lying on a police report in another case, and some say that raises <gasps> questions about his credibility. As far as Bobby Bennett, well, that investigation is still, or that case is still being investigated. Chief Brown and the Dallas Police Department not making any comments at this time. However, Chief Brown is expected here at South Central Patrol Division for a community meeting that was already planned. Perhaps he will answer some questions then. Reporting live, Rebecca Lopez, Channel 8 News. And Rebecca is staying at tonight's community crime meeting to try to get some answers about this latest officer-involved shooting investigation. You can tweet her with your questions at rlopez. All right, so. Wow. Uh, I think when you start shooting at motherfuckers, that's 100. 
I mean, they almost killed this dude. Yes. For for, for walking outside. For being black. With a flashlight. I didn't know flashlight was for gun like chopper. You know I'll be knowing the language. Yeah, this new slang for for a gun is having a Apparently flashlight. So I didn't know that. That's amazing. Just wow. Shoot first, ask questions never. Yeah, yeah. I will sue the fuck out of them. Yeah, so uh yeah, that's fucking with black people for the day. I will give that a hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh let's get into some guest the race. Hopefully the chat room's ready to play some guest the race with us. Uh let me get my guest the race music. that is time for some guest the race that's right it's guest the race time that's right it's time for guest the race the number one game show crossing all the podcast land where we play news articles or read them from around the world and we ask the people in the chat room to play guest the race chat room are you ready to play along today i hope so see who brought their racism caps first story a West Palm Beach. Oh, Florida. You're back. I couldn't even get 24 hours. <laughs> a West Palm Beach woman threatened to distribute naked pictures of her roommate unless the roommate forked over $1,500. Latasha Currington. Wow. See, that's why we need these crimes. Which crimes? I mean, not, not the crime, the, um, the, the, the uh, revenge porn yeah, laws. Even, yes. And it should be associated with this bullshit right here, too. Latasha Currington, 38. 38 years old, and you pull this bullshit. Come on. You're almost 40. And this is your roommate. Like, they know where you sleep. Come on now. You know, it's not like, you know, they they probably barely make rent every week. I mean, every month. And here you go, trying to get an extra 1500 She told the alleged victim, a teacher, that an exchange of cash would be the only way to stop her from distributing the new photographs to the woman's colleagues and students. You're going to humiliate me by sending naked pictures of me to my employer, the alleged victim said on an October 24th phone call with Currington, according to police who were with the woman when the call was made. Currington's response made it seem as if her hand had been forced. I mean, there's not really much else I can do, she said. In what, pic- in what police said was a failed extortion bid, Currington also mentioned that the woman's cat, which had gone missing on August 4th, wait, <laughs> what? The woman, uh, so Currington also mentioned the woman's cat, which had gone missing on August 4th. The report didn't make clear what happened to the feline, but Currington allegedly said in an email to the woman that if she hurried to pay $430, she might know where the cat could be found. She killed that cat. This is what happens when you find your roommates on Craigslist. Ain't that the truth. Motherfuckers moving in, talking about I'm a kid now, that cat. Yeah. Then when you bring it, then when you bring it up, they'd be like, I had no choice. The two met when they were both working as teachers at Palm Beach County High School in 2011. The alleged victim moved into Currington's home. Uh, by the end of the lease agreement in two, July 2013, things had soured between the two. The report didn't say why. According to the report, the alleged victim had tried unsuccessfully to send new photographs and a letter to a friend in jail. Wow. This is what happens in Florida. Teachers sending titty pics to people in jail. The jail, which wasn't disclosed, which wasn't disclosed, wouldn't allow the photographs beyond its doors. So they were sent back to the woman, but she never received them. 
she told the police according to the arrest report so she tried to physically mail these pictures of her naked to the jail the jail was like that's illegal oh yeah they search everything several months later on october 19th the woman received text messages from currenton including the nude photos and demands for payment the alleged victim contacted police the investigation progressed on saturday the woman got a text from currenton that asked where and when they'd be meeting the meeting was arranged for the next day but when currenton showed up she was arrested and that was actually smart of her she told the victim that she did not pay her the fifteen hundred dollars she was sending photographs to her students and her job currenton faces a charge of extortion she was booked in the palm beach county jail on saturday night and released sunday morning according to sheriff's office online booking blotter guess the race of mrs latasha currington extortionist pebbles fan would try to collect money from the dead blacker than a pimp's heart sparger says latasha is a sister with money problems <laughs> yeah sounds like she uh was ran up on some hard times black says vent case the third all right well let me tell you guys right now the correct answer is yes. black Everyone got that right. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was that Latasha. Yeah. Was like, mm-hmm. That's that's ain't definitely no white black. Ain't no Latasha. Yeah, ain't too many white Latashas in the game. Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and go directly to the bonus round, Karen. Let's do it. Double the race. Double the points and race that's right it's double the points double the race time people i hope you guys aren't nervous in the chat room it's not a lot today so if you guys missed this you just fucked up didn't you <laughs> think about it um elevation church elevation church have you ever heard of it karen I've heard of a elevation church. A elevation church? Which, which um, one I mean, like elevation of? church. Like it's actually one in this area, but I don't think this is the same. That's the same one. Mm-hmm. That's a common name for a lot of a lot of churches. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, um, elevation church pastor Stephen Furtick told his congregation Sunday that he was sorry for any uncomfortable conversations that may have been forced to have, that they may have been forced to have about his controversial new Waxhaw home. Oh. Mhm. It's controversial, Karen. You know how it gets sometimes. Okay. But Fertig didn't apologize for his 16,000 foot home. I'm assuming that's huge. 16,000 feet. Oh yeah, 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 cause you, yeah, cause you could have dang up uh, to a twenty five hundred foot home is considered huge. Yeah, that's got to about was that a mansion? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So Fertig also emphasized Sunday that he is committed to making worshippers proud of their church, and he added that the media should not be viewed as the enemy. Please don't view the media as the enemy, guys. Okay, there's no need for that. My wife and I made a decision and we built a house, he said, while sitting at the edge of the stage at the church's Blakely, uh, Blakely location. It's a big house and it's a beautiful house. And we thank God for it. We understand everything we have comes from God. Fertig's comments were a departure from a sermon last month when he told the congregation that his new home was not that great of a house. 
Furtick delivered his sermon Sunday to a packed sanctuary in Blakeney while worshipers at seven other campuses, seven other campuses, mm-hmm. watched via live stream. The church has a following of nearly 12,000 people. Furtick spent the first 10 minutes of his sermon on Sunday addressing the controversy in his, of his new home. Tax value of the 19 acre wax out property is $1.6 million. Though Chuck's Corbett Elevation Chief's financial officer said the Fertig only paid $325,000 for it, a figure confirmed by the Union County tax records. All them has got it foreclosed. Yeah, only Jesus could provide a sale like that. Fertig 33 said that the 8,400 square feet of house is heated with the rest composed of basement, attic, garage, and porch space. He is paying for a five-bedroom house with income. Sound like he was humble bragging. With income from the books he's written and will write. Furtick said the hardest part hasn't been what the public is saying about him. Instead, he is most upset how the media attention may have affected members. I'm sorry for the uncle. <laughs> Why they might stop giving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't appreciate how this is affecting our, the people that donating because, you know, they, uh, they like, do you really need 10%? Can I cut it down to five? I mean, you look like you're doing pretty good. You know, is that really a need for my cash? Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry for the uncomfortable conversations you have to have this week. I love that he's like, my house so big, you have to talk about it. <laughs> I'm that important. No way you come to my church and nobody asks you about what the fuck is going on with my house. Wow. One woman near the front responded, no, sorry, need it. I have always tried to make this church where you could be proud of your church, Furtick said. The congregation responded by giving Furtick a standing ovation. Furtick continued by reiterating his commitment to creating a ministry of integrity that has not changed and will not change. He added that the church provides followers with access to copies of audited financial statements of the church. And they make those, and they have yet to make those statements public. Furtick has also refused to reveal how much he makes from books and speaking engagements. He has also not disclosed his salary, and which is not determined by the congregation, but instead an appointed board of overseers comprised of other mega church pastors. Because only Creflo Dollar can tell me how much I need to make. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Him and Eddie Long. Oh, Lord. He, Jim Baker. He thanked the congregation on Sunday for what you prayed, what you said, and what you haven't said. We appreciate knowing that you have our back. Furtick added, the media is not our enemy. Noted that the media had a right to report what it wants to. I do not call this an attack. This is a news story, and the media is not our enemy. Before moving on to his regular sermon, which was about finding the blessings in life struggles, Furtick told members he looked forward to continuing his ministry in Charlotte for the next 50 years. The best is yet to come. And the service, after the service, several worshipers said the controversy had not shaken their faith in the church or in Furtick. I thought his sermon was very positive, and it was the truth, said Kim Hofer, noting that Furtick was, uh, already, has already told the congregation about his new home a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when he called it not that good a home, right? Uh, so. Member Cora Morgan said she doesn't think anyone has any business telling Furtick what kind of home to build is his money. He could do what he wants with it. Besides, Morgan said his home size is insignificant when compared to how many people Furtick's ministry has touched. Every Sunday, people are lined up outside the church like they're going it, trying to get into the club. She said, maybe this is an opportunity for everyone to see how great God is. So, guess the race. Uh, 
Pastor Stephen Furtick and his gigantic house. We came to the house of the Lord not to talk about my house, Billy Graham Jr. in training. Oh my. His church makes twenty point four million in collections, pays two point five million to charity, and he's only thirty three. He's white, y'all. Joel Osteen Joel Osteen says, uh, says uh Sparger. Um the correct answer is white. Everybody got it right. Yeah, I've actually been to this church before. I thought you said you had never heard of it, Karen. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You was lying. No, 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 no. You've been giving this man our money so he can get a big house. No, 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 no. I said there are many churches with the name of Elevation. Mm-hmm. That's exactly and what And now he's living in a big-ass house because of you. No, not because of me. Mm-mm. Good job, buddy. Mm-mm. My money ain't elevating him. There's no sword ratchetness today. No sword ratchetness. But there's ratchetness of a very similar kind. A couple was arrested by Myrtle Beach police Sunday night after police learned they fought and the man brandished a machete after the woman was upset because the door was locked when she got home and the man was upset about her repeatedly knocking on the door. <laughs> a neighbor also brandished a machete. Oh shit. What's this? The wild, wild machete West. What's going on here? And the officers took both weapons into custody while they investigated the incident around 9 30 PM Sunday. I'm going to cut you. No, no. I'm going to cut you. Let's cut each other. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's Oh, wait. That is a knife. I have one, too. <laughs> Just like it. Stephanie Trout, 40, and Gary Andrew Trout, 57, were well, charged with criminal domestic violence during the incident. Police learned that Stephanie Trout, from Stephanie Trout, that she arrived home from her parents' house and she had to beat on the door for several minutes to get someone to let her in. Once inside, she said Gary Trout confronted her because he was upset about the noise she caused while knocking on the door. Stephanie Trout said Gary Trout followed her. They argued. He grabbed her. He choked her until she was close to passing out. She said she grabbed the he grabbed the machete and threatened to kill everyone. A witness got in between the couple and tried to calm things down before police arrived. Stephanie Trout had her shirt ripped, redness on her neck, and a raspy voice. Gary Trout says Stephanie Trout came into the apartment upset because she had been locked out and started to argue with him. According to the report, she said he said that she punched him and put his arm up to he put his arm up to protect himself. And he put her in a mild headlock out of Mm self-defense. Gary Trout said, oh, so you believe her. Mm -hmm. I I could see this working both ways, because if I knock on the door for minutes, I'm coming in the house and cussing somebody to fuck out. And if I'm also in the house sleeping and you knock on the door forever, I want to fight. I feel like this is mutual. Yeah, I think mutual. But I do think he choked the fuck out of her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what what I'm going mm, to. I was like, nah, nigga, you choked her. I agree, absolutely. No way. No such thing as a mild headlock. Yeah, what's a mild headlock? She almost passing out over a headlock. Gary Trout said two other witnesses tried to get involved in the argument, and one of the witnesses was armed with a machete. According to the reports, he said that he got his machete for self-defense, and the witness left. The witness told police that Gary Trout pushed Stephanie Trout, and he got the machete to protect them. According to the report, he said he tried to provoke Gary Trout, and get him to come outside the apartment to leave those inside alone. That witness said he realized uh, he realized he was wrong for having the weapon and took it back inside his apartment. Officers noted that all the parties on the scene were not willing to provide all the details associated with the incident. According to the report, officers interviewed the witnesses but received confusing details about what happened. Well, everything is confusing when there's swords and machetes and shit flying about. 
that's not how you solve your problems use your words people Mm-mm. we'll be back tomorrow at nine <laughs> we'll be talking to chill and owen from the taste like fried chicken podcast that'll be fun until then thank you chico bean for showing up and being on the show yes it was fun sweetie good luck with guy court mm-hmm. and wild and out and comedy tour good luck to tweaked audio use tbgwt get your discounts until tomorrow karen i love you you too baby Mwah. Mwah.